Welcome to the Danny Picard Show, Monday, March 16th, 2020, from the Beantown USA studio. Beantown USA is Boston's home for customized screen printing and embroidery. Get more information on their website, BeantownUSA.com. Today's show is presented by DraftKings. You can play for free at DraftKings.com or on the DraftKings app by using promo code PICK, That's promo code PICK, P-I-C, and uh, the UFC is really the only thing still ongoing right now. So you can go make your UFC picks on the DraftKings app, and you can do it for free when you sign up using promo code PICK, That's promo code PICK, at DraftKings.com. When, whenever the other leagues resume, you know, then you can get back to putting together your lineups. It's fast. It's easy. And the promo code PICK, P-I-C, will still be there for you when these leagues resume. But, um, crazy time. It's a crazy time right now in this world. And this show today, the show goes on. The show goes on today. And this show today, as it goes on, is presented by DraftKings. Promo code PICK, P-I-C, at DraftKings.com. Happy Stone Cold Steve Austin Day. 316, Austin 316, says I just whooped your ass, in case you don't know what that stands for. I posted a picture on social media with Stone Cold Steve Austin wearing a Patriots jersey. I believe that was before WrestleMania 14, when it was at the Fleet Center, and I was in the building for that that night. But that was Mike Tyson was involved, Shawn Michaels versus Stone Cold Steve Austin. Stone Cold was walking around the city, the city of Boston, with a Patriots jersey. With 316 on the front. And I posted that picture on social media today. Because today is March 16th. 316. For people that don't know. Happy 316 day. Happy Stone Cold Steve Austin day. We need a happy something. Don't we right now? We need a happy something. So I figured I'd tell you. Happy Stone Cold Steve Austin day. Coronavirus has created a national state of emergency. You got the CDC recommending that. Any large gathering of over 50 people be postponed or canceled. And, of course, a lot of those things have affected the sports world. Now, since the last time I talked to you last Thursday, we have seen the complete cancel. We we see we saw the NCAA tournament cancel the tournament. They didn't just postpone it. And I told you on Thursday, what was the NCAA tournament waiting for? Because they had not, when I recorded that show on Thursday morning, they had not even postpone the NCAA tournament. I told you it was really only a matter of time, I thought. And they didn't just postpone it, though. They canceled it completely. Now, I thought maybe a postponement should have been in the works. This thing has, this is, the news continues to get worse and worse with coronavirus. The panic continues to increase. And with the national state of emergency, with uh, you know, different states closing restaurants and establishments. Now the CDC is saying you should cancel, postpone, or uh, if you have a restaurant, you know, try to minimize the amount of people that you let into the building. Um, there's a lot of stuff going on right now. This is a crazy time. And I do want to say, you know, I should preface everything that I'm about to say by telling you, if you don't know me, I mean, if you know me, you probably do this, but if you don't, and even if you just see me tweeting some things on social media, on Twitter, I should tell you that nobody is more cautious 
about germs and, and getting sick and washing your hands and using hand sanitizer. Nobody is more cautious about that stuff than me. Before coronavirus. You think I needed coronavirus to quarantine myself in certain situations? You think I needed coronavirus to take this trusty bottle of Purell that I got right now? To, to cleanse myself and sanitize my hands? No, I didn't need coronavirus to do it. Uh, so maybe I do have a different mindset than some people. I, I will say this. I think that if you're looking for some type of peace of mind during a time right now in our world that can be overwhelming, like this, like for me, like being somebody that always is careful and cautious when it comes to germs and getting sick and trying not to get sick. Over the last over the last three weeks, maybe longer, even before all these national states of emergency, even before, you know, the NBA shut down and even before we even saw that this stuff got into the U.S., you know, I watch the news. I know that I don't talk about the news and, and, poli- and get into politics and all that stuff on this show because that's not what this show is about. The show is the escape from that. And I will get into sports because we do have NFL news and we have possibly some major Tom Brady news that I'm going to get to. But just because I don't talk about politics and world news doesn't mean I don't watch the news. Doesn't mean I don't pay attention to it. Doesn't mean I don't know what's going on in the world outside of sports. I do. In fact, I pay very close attention to that stuff. And so if you do watch the world news, you've known about coronavirus well before the NBA shut down. Well before, you know mayors and governors and, and, and the president were even talking to us about it. And so I've seen all this stuff and there's been a part of me that over the last three weeks, maybe even the last month before all these shutdowns where I would freak myself out and be like, oh, I got, you know, I got a sore throat and you know, I'm feeling a little, feeling a little off, feeling a little sick. I got a head cold. Am I, am I getting sick? Do I maybe have coronavirus? Like <laughs> that's where my brain goes. I've had a couple of minor panic attacks because of that. I'll be completely honest with you. And um, I think that there is a, a lot of, there's a lot of anxiety that, that goes into this. There's a lot of uh, the, the panic, obviously. But, but for people who panic anyways, like it reaches an extreme that can be overwhelming. And, and it can affect you worse, maybe worse than the illness could affect you, depending on your age and your health. So... It's tough right now to not be overwhelmed. It's tough right now to get some type of peace of mind. But my advice to you would be, you know, I'm not a doctor. I don't pretend to be one. And yeah, I do listen to the doctors. I do watch what the doctors have to say. I get it. But I've heard doctors at high levels saying some different stuff about this. I won't lie. On different shows and, and this and we'll get into that. But I mean, my advice, and it's not medical advice. I think it's, this is just advice from one human to the next. If you want a little peace of mind right now, don't go on Twitter. Do not go on social media. Especially Twitter, though. Twitter's the worst. It is the sewer. It is, right now, Twitter is as preachy as preachy could be in the world. Everybody loves to preach in general on social media. But especially right now, and especially people who, at the end of the day, really don't know what the fuck they're talking about. Like, just because you're in the media, or you might have a large voice in, in your industry, whatever, whether you cover, cover politics or sports or entertainment, you know, you might have your own show, you might write a column, 
You might be on TV, you might be on the radio, you might have your own popular podcast, you might have a a nice, fantastic, uh, popular blog. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You are not a doctor either. As much as you yell at people on Twitter that they're no doctor. You're not a doctor either. Just because you have a, a large platform doesn't mean that now is the time for you to get on your soapbox and be as preachy as you could ever be. At the end of the day, people don't really care what you think if you're not a doctor. But right now, Twitter is as preachy as I've ever seen it. And it is exhausting. It is. It's exhausting. And I said some things on Twitter on Saturday night over the weekend because you saw stories where, like, restaurant owners and bar owners and and even people who write the stories about the restaurant owners and bar owners, like, they're, they're getting heat from people. And uh, I saw some people getting death threats. It's like, listen... Here's how we cure all that stuff. Just get off Twitter. You know, they should cancel Twitter. There should be, we talk about social distancing, social media distancing. Get off social media. Get off Twitter. You want a little peace of mind right now? Don't go on Twitter because you got a bunch of people who think they're more popular than they actually are trying to preach to you about what you should do in a time like this. And that can be so overwhelming when you get all these people telling you what to do. Right? And you could very well be taking it seriously without needing these people to tell you to take it seriously. Me, I take it seriously. But guess what I did on Saturday night? I went to a restaurant on Saturday night. You know, I wasn't bar crawling. I I wasn't waiting in line anywhere. Look, people are going after Selfie right now because people are waiting in line to get into the beer garden on the play ride. It's like, well, or stats or wherever. And that's nothing new. And I'm not going to sit here and crush those people in those lines because that would be nothing new either. I constantly crush people to wait in lines at those bars with or without coronavirus. You think you'd ever see me waiting in line to get into the Bear Garden or the Broadway, whatever they call it now? No. Never have, never will. So, I mean, especially now. But I get it. But it's not just salty. Like... There's a lot of places around the country where people are still going out. People are doing things. So I went to social media and said, look, I went to a restaurant on Saturday night. Am I wrong for that? Am I wrong for doing that? Because my philosophy on this, and this is where I think the messages, the signals get get crossed. Like, I, I think there's... To me, and I told you from the beginning, even going back to my thoughts in the NBA, when they first started talking about playing in empty arenas, I said, no, 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 no. Don't do that. Either go, either cancel it, either postpone it, or, or don't play in empty arenas. My philosophy is either go hard or go home. Either take this as serious as you're trying to tell us this is, or, or, or don't. And... It's like every day they're doing more and more. It's like, well, this place is going to close and this place is going to be, you know, this thing's, this event's going to be postponed. You know, now we're only letting, you know, 50 people in this bar. Actually, you know what? The next day they say, we're going to, can- we're going to, we're going to close. We're going to cancel this. We're going to cancel that event. We're going to close this place. We're going to close that place. Nowhere can open. Why wouldn't you say no? Why wouldn't you close all the restaurants from at day one on day one? Like, why did it take? Outrage. <laughs> it's like, so you get me to question just how serious, and I, it is serious, and I'm taking it serious. Again, I got my bottle of PRL right here. You know, I, I I toss it on every 20 minutes on my hands. Nobody's more cautious about germs and, and getting sick than me. But like, and I'm taking coronavirus seriously. 
But I think that when you don't close everything right away, like even today, I'm hearing reports, well, you know, certain spots are going to close beginning tomorrow. Why beginning tomorrow? If this is such a big deal, immediate closures. Why are you saying, well, but we'll close it to beginning tomorrow? What? That makes no sense. That, that makes no sense. None. Just close it immediately. If it's that big a deal, you close it right now. All people are in there, send them home. The NBA did it. The NBA did it right. They're about to tip off. One of the players tested positive for coronavirus. They said, eh, we're not going to play this game. In fact, everybody go home. Yet, at the state level, you know, they come out and say, well, we're going to close this place beginning tomorrow or beginning later today at 5 o'clock. No, 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 no. That That's, you're sending mix, a mixed message there. I, you need to close it all right now. If, it, if it's as big a deal as you want me to take it, you need to close it all right now. And my point is, if restaurants and places are going to be open, like, I went out to get something to eat, you know, with the family on Saturday night. And the alternative to that is sending somebody to go into a jam-packed supermarket with a bunch of people who are also freaking out, who might also have coronavirus. You know, it's funny, too, the people who are on social media who are all preachy and on their soapbox and just exhausting and, like, they just have this self-righteous, um, like, like characteristic that they're just oozing onto social media through their keyboard. These are the same people that are probably sending their wives or their significant others to the supermarket, throwing them right into the fire, throwing them right... Because that's the real war zone, if you ask me. Is it just stop? Have you been in Stop and Shop? You want to talk about throwing people into the fire? You send somebody to the grocery store right now? You're not coming back into my house. (laughs) Into my apartment. Like, you need a full cleanse before you come back after being in there. Right? Touching things that everybody else has touched. The supermarket, to me, is the thing that maybe grosses me out more than anything. So the people that are getting all preachy telling you you can't go to restaurants, you can't do this, you can't do that, they're probably sending their wives and significant others to the supermarket. <laughs> right? Throwing them right into the war zone. Like, come on. So my advice to people, you want some peace of mind? Just get off social media. Get off Twitter. Preachers are going to preach. And everybody's a little too preachy right now on, on Twitter. They are. A little too preachy. Um, but I just think, like... Like, there's a couple places in my neighborhood that, oh, we're going to be closed through Tuesday. And we're going to reopen on Wednesday. But we're, <laughs> but the hours, you know, we're only going to be open for five hours instead of ten. What? What are, you, what are you talking about? We need to either go hard or go home. Or, like, just don't do anything. Like, people say, well, listen to the doc. Well, I listen to the, I, I'm listening to the doctors. But there are doctors saying some different stuff. I watched an infectious disease expert say that this could be just as prevalent in the fall, in the upcoming fall, in October. And that this is just the beginning of people, you know, showing that they have symptoms because they're finally getting tested where if you really want to look back at when this began in China, possibly as early as maybe even October, 
Yeah, we know that I think the first case was November, but is what we know true? Was that really the first case? And if it was November, coronavirus in the U.S. could have been here since December, before Christmas. You know, the holidays, when you're getting together with your family, hugging and kissing them and, you know, pouring each other drinks and everybody being close and everybody being together like holiday parties. I mean, come on. This stuff could have been, could be have been spreading for months and we're just finding out about it now. My biggest fear with coronavirus, I won't lie, is my biggest fear with it isn't actually um coronavirus itself. It's the people who have medical emergencies that are non-coronavirus related that might not get the proper treatment, might not get the proper emergency treatment because of so many people that are going to get tested for coronavirus that might not even have it. That might have some symptoms of the flu or the common cold and they think they're freaking out, they're panicking, they got coronavirus, they got to go get tested. I would. Here are the numbers that I would like to know and I don't think we're ever going to get them. We're never going to get these numbers. What I would like to know is out of all the people that have, that, you know, in two months, out of all the people that get tested from uh, the middle of February or whatever, the end of February, early March to the end of May, out of all the people in the U.S. that get tested, how many people didn't have it? How many people freaked out and didn't have it? You know what I mean? Out of the people that got tested. Not out of... Yeah, How many people didn't have it? Um, that's a number I'd like to see. I don't think we see that number. Uh, I know you could, you say, well, you could take the percentages and you could just take the other half of that percentage. I don't, I don't think it's going to be as simple as that. I think you're going to get some complicated numbers. And what's weird is that I'm sitting here on the CDC website today looking at numbers. They give you the little graph of each state. And I see Nevada, like Las Vegas. As of today, only 11 confirmed cases of coronavirus. Oh, really? You're telling me right now that only 11 people in Las Vegas have coronavirus. Either coronavirus isn't as big a deal as they're saying, or that's a complete lie. And I think, so I think that means it's probably a complete lie. That's not true. But why is that number so low? Because not everybody's getting tested. Vegas is a place like people, and, and I know, they're shutting places down everywhere. So maybe now all the people in Vegas are going to go get tested. But I find it hard to believe a place like Vegas where everybody's, you know, in the casinos, everyone's in the clubs, everyone's partying, everyone's in the pool, those nasty pools, that only 11 confirmed cases in Vegas. Um, Again, I'm no doctor. I'm just trying to read the stats and put it all together and tell you what, you know, we really know about this. And at the end of the day, here's the problem. We don't really know anything. We don't really know anything. Right? We don't. We don't. We don't really know anything. Uh, I, I just think that you know, even people talk. Well, go get takeout. <laughs> really? So when I pay with my debit card to get takeout, all right, maybe I'll bring my own pen down to sign the slip. Now this guy's handing me my food. What's going on in the takeout place? What's going on with the guy cooking my food? I got a coffee today at Dunkin' Donuts. Am I not supposed to do that? What, there's no, there's, just because there's less than 50 people in Dunkin' Donuts right now, does that mean nobody in there could have it? The person handing, my, handing me my coffee could have had it, which means all of my hands, which is good reason, good, you know, I got the Purell. 
Uh, it's a good reason to have that at all times. But other things, like, it, it, my, my point is, you want peace of mind, get off Twitter. People on Twitter are not going to make you feel better. They're going to yell at you. They're going to tell you what you're doing is wrong. They're going to tell you you're an idiot. They're going to tell you you're not taking this seriously. Meanwhile, they're sending their significant other into stop and shop to get them food. <laughs> um, I went to a restaurant on Saturday night. I've gone back and forth, and I feel guilty about that. Well, if I didn't, I was going to have to send somebody into the supermarket. And to me, and I've been into the supermarket once in the last two weeks. And uh, I tell you right now, I don't feel comfortable in there. I felt more comfortable from a health standpoint in a restaurant than, than I did in Stop and Shop. I did. Maybe that's just me. But if I went on Twitter and said, oh, stay out of the supermarket, go to a restaurant, I would get fucking crucified. <laughs> and I, some people tried to do that, you know, on, uh, on Twitter on Saturday night when I said, hey, I went to a restaurant tonight. But, you know, my, my point of the whole thing was just, I think we talk about distancing, social distancing. There should be social media distancing. Twitter is not doing anybody any good. It's not. Because Twitter exaggerates everything. It does. It exaggerates everything. And I'm not trying to, again, I'm not trying to say don't take coronavirus seriously. But if we actually look at Twitter and understand what Twitter has done to our world, it has exaggerated everything. Don't tell me it hasn't. It's a, that's a fact. Twitter has exaggerated everything. And as long as it's around, it's only going to continue to exaggerate everything. Is that for the best? For the worst? Well, I would say an exaggeration of anything is not for the best. Maybe it's not for the worst, given some of the information you might need. However, there are other ways to get that information without it being exaggerated. Go to the CDC website, okay? You want to watch your local news at 5 o'clock on weeknights? Do that. You know, you want to use your phone to go on the internet, to go to a certain website, again, to go to the CDC website? Go ahead. But you go on social media, and it's just a bunch of people who are giving their opinion on what they see on the CDC website, and and they want to yell at you. <laughs> and they, they want to get all preachy on you. It's like, social media is an exaggeration platform. And I don't think it's making this situation any better. I don't. Which means I think you should get off social media. You should get off Twitter. I go on Twitter to make sure that Tom Brady has not signed with another team. That's the only reason I'm on it. I, you know, there are things that I've I said over the weekend about coronavirus. The thing, some things that I said yesterday. Um, but I'm only, but just because I see things and I'm reacting to people getting too preachy. A lot of times I have to bite my tongue. I have to bite my tongue so many times. Because I'm like, yeah, is it worth tweeting this person right now? <laughs> and, and at the end of the day, it's like, nah. Because they don't understand me. They don't know me. They don't know what I'm doing. They don't know that I'm in my fucking hands every two minutes. That every time I might have a little tickle in my throat or a potential dry cough. That internally, I am freaking out. Panic attack. I got to take my sweatshirt off. You know, if I'm driving in the car, I got to put my window down. Ah, do I have coronavirus? Like, that's what I'm doing. The anxiety of it all is, is, is affecting my health worse than coronavirus is right now. <laughs> it's true, though. 
And there's a lot of people that will tell you this. And a lot of people that won't understand it because they're in their own little world where they're tweeting and telling you what's right and wrong, what you should do, what you shouldn't be doing. Meanwhile, they're like, honey, can you go to Stop and Shop? Get me a bag of chips. I'm hungry. Yeah, just wipe your hands. Wash your hands before you come in the in the house. <laughs> Why? Because you're in the media. You can, you, you can tell me what to do. You can tell me how to be smart, how not to be smart. Fuck you. I'm smart. I'm, 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 I'm being cautious about it. I'm being smart about it. All right? And if you're feeling this way about social media, that it may be making things worse, even in your own head, then you need to just get off, sign off. Don't go on. Put the phone down. Go outside and take a walk. But social media, no doubt, is, is taking this to, to, a, to a level that it's, a, it's important. It's serious. We should be shutting shit down. Again, my philosophy is go hard or go home. Like, shut everything down. This shouldn't be a trickle-down effect where every day you do something more. No, do it all once at the beginning. What you should have done. Don't, and don't close until Tuesday and reopen this Wednesday. It makes no sense. Shut it down. If you're going to open the restaurants, though, I'm going to choose a restaurant. I'm not going to wait in line, obviously, but I'm going to choose a restaurant over going to the supermarket. That's just me. The su- I've been to the supermarket. It's, it's not a germ-free zone. I will tell you that. <laughs> uh... But I do think that Twitter is, it's a serious issue, but I think Twitter is, is, is certainly exaggerating that. And if you disagree, then you're disagreeing with the notion that Twitter exaggerates everything. And I don't know how you could disagree with that. I don't know how you could disagree with that. Um, and everything also is politicized. So there's a combination here because we're getting close to an election. They talked about mixed messages, mixed signals. They're shutting down everything now. Restaurants, bars, shutting down everything. Telling you what you can and can't do. You know, less than 50 people can't have anything more than 50 people. Don't go to the events. Sports have to shut everything down. But four states will have a primary election tomorrow. (laughs) What? The, the, the country needs to be brought together, right? A lot of people are freaking out, panicking. This country, we need something to make us feel good, to bring us together, to make us feel calm, right? To, to, to just say, hey, we can still live our lives and not freak out 24-7. We have to take the proper, like, we have to take the proper steps and be cautious. Wash our hands, use the hand sanitizer. You know, don't wait in line. Don't 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 go to a packed. If you if you are gonna go to a restaurant or some place that might be open to get food, don't go to a place that is that you gotta wait in line to get to. Obviously, you shouldn't do that. But if you're gonna if you're gonna say all this stuff, like close all these things, why are you gonna tell people in four states to go out and vote tomorrow? To, to all pile into the same uh, polls and use the same pens. Like, what are we doing? So don't tell me this, this, this isn't being politicized. This country needs to be brought together. 
And yet, I got to watch a presidential debate last night. Nothing brings the country together like two elderly white dudes talking about taxes and health care. <laughs> during, a, during a time of crisis. Nothing brings us together like that. Joe Biden, Bernie Sanders. Oh yeah, these are the two guys I want to see arguing about stuff. And I'm not taking a political side one way or the other, but the last thing I think this country needed last night or even to think about for the next couple weeks is what Joe Biden and Bernie Sanders think about anything. And that's not political. I'm just saying, like, that's the two elderly dudes talking about taxes and health care and yelling at each other. It's not bringing the country together during a time of crisis. But you're making me watch that, and you're going to make four states go out and vote on Tuesday, tomorrow? How does that even make sense? If you're trying to tell us this is the most serious situation we've ever been in in my lifetime. Danny, it's the most serious situation. We're shutting down all this stuff. You've got to stay in your house. You've got to quarantine. But if you live in Arizona, Illinois, Florida, or, or Ohio, you need to go out and vote on Tuesday and use the same pens as all these other people spreading their germs around. How does that make any sense? It doesn't. So don't tell me there isn't part of this that's also being politicized to an extent or exaggerated to an extent on Twitter and social media. And that doesn't mean I, I don't think it's serious. It is serious. I'm taking it serious. In fact, behind the scenes, I'm trying to, conv- I'm trying to tell you, convince you, like my mindset, like uh, where I'm at, even without coronavirus, nobody takes this stuff more seriously than me when it comes to germs and getting sick. Nobody does. I'm taking it serious. But don't tell me it's not exaggerated to an extent. Don't tell me it's not being politicized to a certain extent when you're telling people everything in the country should be shut down except for four states that need to go out and vote on Tuesday. What? Makes no sense. None whatsoever. We need to be brought together right now. We don't need to be preached to on social media by people who at the end of the day are really nobodies in our lives. We don't need pre- to watch presidential debates. <laughs> Since when is the last time a presidential debate or any political debate has brought people together? Like, did they really need to have that last night? I don't know. And I'm not even telling you, I, I'm not, this is no, this is not me supporting anybody or not supporting a certain someone. This is just in general. We're dealing with a very serious situation, but yet there are things going on that are forcing even somebody like myself who takes, is taking this seriously and takes any, you know, these type of viruses seriously. You're making me question a lot of stuff. We need to be brought together. The last thing we needed was to watch that last night. The last thing I think people in those four states, I just told you, Arizona, Illinois, Florida, and Ohio, the last thing they need is to be going out to vote. Well, as long as it's less than 50 people in the building at once, it's germ-free. Nobody can get coronavirus then. That's another mis... That, that just... There's another thing that makes no sense. I... 
It is driving us. It's driving us all crazy. It's driving me crazy. I didn't want to be the guy that jumps on here and talks coronavirus for the first 30 minutes, but here we are. That's what we did. That's what everyone seems to be doing. I, I think when you really break it down, though, my biggest fear with coronavirus at times, even in my times of panic, when I might feel a tickle in my throat or I might feel like uh, maybe I didn't get enough sleep last night, so I'm not feeling great today. Because for me, life has to go on. I, you know, another thing is like, and not to get selfish on you, but we might as well get selfish a little bit. It's like my life has to go on when it comes to like my business and what I do. Because all the things that I've been working on, I you know, these things I've been working on for the last year and a half, two years, that like need they need these things need to continue for me to finish what I've been working on. You know, things that have been in the works. You know, me jumping on here every day giving you advertising reads. Like, for me, the show goes on. And, you know, I, I, I'm in a situation right now where if I don't come in here and do the show and continue to do the show and continue to do some of the other things that I've been working on behind the scenes, then, you know, not, not only am I losing money, but I'm not going to be getting the money that I plan to be getting if things work out in what I'm trying to do. So I get it. There's all these conversations of, you know, workers and NBA arenas and NHL arenas and, and this, that, the other, this person, the other person, you know, they need to get paid by someone. They need to get, they need to get the money that, to, to pay their rent, to pay their mortgage, to pay their, um, you know, their utility bills. And that's fine. But from a selfish standpoint, I'm like, well, so the fuck do I? Which means my show has to keep going. And I'm not just talking about me sitting there in this microphone, behind this microphone, and on this camera that you're watching on YouTube. I'm talking about, you know, meetings that I have. Um, it's just, I, my, I have to, this is part of my life that needs to continue to go on right now. And when, I guess bringing it back full circle here is my, my opening rant was on social media, get off social media, get off Twitter. When I go on Twitter, I see people that if I told them certain things that I was doing, they'd be calling me selfish. You know, they'd be calling me a, a mass murderer. Well, you might murder 2,000 people. I obviously hope I don't do that. But, I mean, you know, right now, the things that I do in my career, they rely on me continuing to keep things running to a certain extent, right? And uh, I just can't shut it all down as much as social media might want me to. I can't. So the show goes on here. But again, my biggest fear with coronavirus is as crazy as I am about germs and all this stuff in general. My biggest fear is that the people who need the emergency medical attention uh, that's not coronavirus related. I mean, think about it. Coronavirus isn't the only thing affecting humans right now in the United States of America. There's a lot of other stuff going on, a lot of other emergency situations. But if the hospitals are packed with people who think they might have coronavirus symptoms, are the people who have the non-coronavirus emergencies, are they getting the proper emergency medical care? That's my only fear is that maybe some of these people don't get the proper emergency medical care and that coronavirus 
you know, there's a lot of people that might have the symptoms and they'll be fine. But these people with the non-coronavirus medical emergencies, they can't be treated the way they would be treated in an emergency situation because of all these people at the hospitals. Like, I don't think we're to that point yet at the local hospitals, but by the sounds of it, they're expecting it to get there. And that would be part of all the precautionary measures that they're putting in by shutting these places down. Um, but it, again, the panic could lead to the panic, the panic alone could lead to my biggest fear, which is that again, people not getting the proper medical emergency attention. That's why I said, I'd like to see out of all the people that eventually get tested over the next two months, how many people got tested and ended up not having coronavirus? How many people just straight up panicked? Because the panic meter has been set at play on places like Twitter. From the preachy, the people that like to jump on there and tell you what to do, how you should live, but ultimately how you should fear. Now, like I said, I'm I'm concerned about it, and I, I'm I'm being cautious, but um. I think there's a lot of people that will go on social media and really panic and anything that they have, they're going to, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm just, I, I, I don't know. You don't know. They don't know. I'm telling you, I don't, I've, I've heard other doctors say things that this could have been here since December, since before the holidays. And we just didn't know it because we weren't getting tested for it. And some people might've gone in and doctors just said, oh, you got flu-like symptoms, but really they had coronavirus. But because they couldn't test for it, and we weren't even thinking about testing for it back in Christmas in the U.S., back during the holidays, in, in around New Year's or in the middle of January, people just said, ah, it's the flu. Oh, this person's sick with the flu. This person died from the flu. But really, they could have died from coronavirus. They could have been sick with coronavirus. Doctors don't even know that. So all the answers are not out there. Even though everyone on Twitter might want to think they are telling you they have the answers based on what the doctors are telling you. What I'm telling you is I've heard doctors say different things. I've, I've read stories. I've seen it in multiple spots. Um, so wash your hands, get some Purell and, uh, you know, let's, let's see how this thing plays out. Let's see how this thing plays out. But, in the sports world, you know, the cancellations continue. Um, the Masters was postponed. The only things that are really going on, the only thing really going on, as I told in the intro, my DraftKings read, is UFC. UFC, Dana White says the fights will still go on. Khabib versus Ferguson is a huge fight, and it's April 18th. Now, it's supposed to be in Vegas. They're not, they obviously can't have it in Vegas now. Where are they going to have Khabib Ferguson? In a location that is an empty arena somewhere. I don't know where. Somewhere. They say the fights are still going to go on. Is WrestleMania going on? As of right now, WrestleMania has not been canceled. WWE is doing a unique thing where they're holding their other shows that lead up to, to WrestleMania, like SmackDown and Raw. In, they're having those shows in empty arenas. Like they had SmackDown on Friday night on Fox in the empty, small performance center. What's Is that down in Florida? Is that what that is? Where is that? It's the performance center. It's a very small building with not a lot of seats, but it, there's still were seats. It was empty. 
and they still did the show. Um, so for me, when I see the WWE is still doing these shows, even if they're in empty arenas, what they're telling me is that they still want these WrestleMania storylines to continue because they still plan on having WrestleMania. Now, will they have it on April 5th in Tampa Bay? Reports have said that, and I told you this on Thursday, this is probably what's going to have to happen with the WWE because Vince McMahon is ruthless. The state of Florida is probably going to have to step in and say, we're not going to let this event take place. And they're going to do that because the, the CDC has come out and said, we recommend any event over 50 people be canceled or postponed. I do think it'll be postponed. But, I don't know, maybe they're waiting to, the only thing I can think of is that they're giving it another week or two to see where the curve goes. Everyone's talking about the curve, you know? Right now we're trying to minimize the curve, which means how many people end up getting coronavirus, testing positive for coronavirus, and then spreading coronavirus. They're trying to get that curve to go back down. If they start seeing that curve go back down in a week and a half, then that's a really good sign. Would they still go through with WrestleMania on April 5th? If the curve goes down? I I don't know. This is another reason why, though, I said the NCAA tournament shouldn't have canceled. They should have held off. They should have said, we're postponing it for now. Let's see what this looks like in two weeks. You know, the same thing I think about with schools. Now, they canceled school through April 27th. That's a long time. Like, you couldn't have canceled it for a week, maybe two weeks, and then reevaluated then? I think you could have done that. And the NCAA couldn't have postponed it, maybe for a week, two weeks, and then reevaluate? And maybe they would have to cancel at some point. You know, doing what the NBA did, which is they're suspending the season. And according to reports, the NBA plans on resuming the season in June at the earliest in front of nobody, in empty arenas, smaller empty arenas, and then having the playoffs in August. I think they're saying the empty arena thing now, hoping that that curve goes down soon and that then they can open the doors to maybe having these events in arenas that aren't as large as the arenas they currently play in. Right now they're saying, though, no fans. The NBA will resume in mid-June at the earliest. We'll see. You know, could NCAA have done that and waited it out and said, we'll do the NCAA tournament in June? What's the issue there? They just canceled it. I disagree with that. I disagree with the way they handled it, the NCAA. Um, do I disagree with the way WrestleMania and WWE is handling this? Not really, because I think ultimately they're going to have to postpone. But I think they're waiting to see. There's still a little time where they can wait. There is. There's still a little time they can wait and see. But really, that's the only thing going on still. WrestleMania. The only thing that hasn't been postponed or canceled. WrestleMania and UFC. Dana White says the fights are going to go on, even if they're in empty arenas. Khabib Ferguson, April 18th, probably most likely in an empty arena. I would think. Unless they you know, we, maybe on Friday... You know, the doctor that you see continues to talk with the president. Maybe he comes out and says, you know what? We are, we are seeing this curve 
we jumped on it early. You know, we banned, we had the travel restrictions. Um, and it really, it showed to really help. And this curve is going down. And it's going down a lot sooner than we thought. You know, it makes you wonder if, if you get to a point where maybe schools consider opening earlier. Yeah, I, I wouldn't rule that stuff out. But again, people are ruling that out because it's part of the buildup and the panic that's taking place. It's serious. But I think the panic can be overwhelming. So um, we just have to wait and see. We really don't know the answer to those questions. I mean, the NFL isn't changing anything. They don't, right now, they don't think they have to. And I don't think they do either. The new league year in the NFL is set to begin on Wednesday of this week. Free agency. This Wednesday at 4 o'clock. The only place that would have anybody that would be upset with that is on Twitter. Again, people on Twitter are upset with this. Like, how's the NFL not going to postpone? Everyone else is. What? Because it's free agency. Right? I mean, you're you're not holding a game. You're not having a team practice even. The only people upset at this, that the NFL's not changing anything right now, is Twitter. They're on Twitter. That's the only place where people are upset about it. That's why you got to get off Twitter. Get off social media. That's the, the exaggeration level and the panic level can overwhelm you. And um, I, I agree with the NFL. And the NFL's in, in the... They got, they're still doing business. They got a new CBA that they announced. So we're going to have the 17-game season. We're going to have the expansion of the playoffs, adding an extra team in each conference. So there'll be seven teams in each conference now with only one team getting a first-round bye, which means Wild Card Weekend will have... Uh, what, three games in the AFC and three games in the NFC, if I'm getting that right. I think I am. The players will no longer be suspended for positive drug tests. They'll be fined, but they won't be suspended. Um, so you hope that opens the door for marijuana, CBD use, all that, while still playing. Now, some people might say, well, what, you want me to keep playing without being paid? And that's that could be an issue. I can understand that argument. So maybe... But I do think that if you're somebody, here's where I think that helps you if you're a player. That if you're somebody that is known, right, go back to the old CBD, C, CBA, CBD, CBA. Let's, someone like Josh Gordon, you know, is he smoking marijuana? And that's the thing that, that's triggering positive tests. That's the stuff he can't stop using. Um, but it's created a certain stigma about the guy where like teams are afraid of, they don't want to bring him in. They don't want to sign him. Like, you know, he's been shunned from the NFL because he likes to smoke weed. And I'm not saying he doesn't have any issues or I don't feel for him with those issues. I, I do. I do. I'm just trying to use that as an example as to how this new rule could help the players, even though they might not like the idea of, getting fined and essentially still having to play while not getting paid. But I think if you're somebody that is still playing, still putting up big numbers and getting ready for a big contract, maybe the next year or or in two years, this rule can really help you out. Because then I don't think the stigma is following you. I don't think teams are afraid to bring you in. They're not afraid to bring you in because they know if you bring you in, you'll still be able to play, which means you'll still get paid. 
It's not going to affect you. If you want to smoke weed now, it's not going to affect your future contracts. I don't think. Whereas with the old CBA, CBA, of course, it affects your contracts. Of course, it affects your playing status. Of course, it affects how owners and NFL teams and coaches look at you as a player and how they make their decisions on you as a player. Now, I don't think they're going to do that. That's a good thing. That's a really good thing. But the NFL, my point is, like, they're in business still. And it's business as usual with the new league year this week. I mean, there's moves being made as we speak. As we speak, the Cowboys put the franchise tag on Dak Prescott today. Dak Prescott will make 30, what, 32 mil? That's the franchise tag for quarterbacks? Now, they say they're doing that as a way to to create some more time to agree to a long-term deal. That's still possible. Will it happen? I don't know. But the Cowboys put the franchise tag on Dak Prescott. The Titans franchise running back Derrick Henry. Now, that, that one's like, ah, the NFL sucks, right? Franchise tags, I hate them. I hate them. But my point is, it's business as usual in the NFL. Also, you got contract signings. Kirk Cousins agrees to an extension with the Vikings. And then you got Ryan Tannehill yesterday on Sunday. This contract's ridiculous. <laughs> Ryan Tannehill. And this will bring me into the Brady stuff because I think there's something going on here with the Tom Brady offseason. There's a couple things. And there's... I, I, I get it. It's a fluid situation. Um, But... Ryan Tannehill yesterday with the Titans signed a four-year, $118 million deal. That's $29.5 million average annual. $62 million guaranteed. Ryan Tannehill is going to make $30 million a year. He's going to be 32 years old in July. Ryan Tannehill. Because he had one little run in the playoffs with the Titans. You know, he took over for Marcus Mariota during the season. He became Vrabel's guy, the coach of the Titans, Mike Vrabel. Tannehill was his guy. No longer was it Mariota's team. It was Ryan Tannehill's team. Tannehill did a nice job. Don't get me wrong. But wow, that escalated quickly, didn't it? (laughs) Ryan Tannehill being somebody on the Dolphins who had some potential, but, you know, never really took it to that next level to the point where we never thought Tannehill would be a franchise quarterback to go from there to being a guy that a team pays $30 million a season, which led to NFL analysts, experts, and columnists going as far to say on social media over the weekend that Ryan Tannehill is a championship-level quarterback. I just think it escalated quickly. Now, the Tannehill contract came, the contract signing with Tannehill, and this was a little rant I've been going on on Twitter, that contract was signed just a couple hours after the following tweet from Diana Rossini of ESPN. She tweeted on Sunday at noon. She tweeted, The Titans are not interested in Tom Brady. They are working hard to get a deal done with Ryan Tannehill per sources. Now, she's not the only one that was saying this. There were other reporters saying this, that the Titans not interested in Tom Brady. Tom Brady to the Titans? Tennessee, they have no interest in Brady. Tannehill's been their guy since day one. All these tweets started being sent out yesterday. It's, that's funny, right? 
Well, it's funny to people who want to use their brains. I can't get over how many NFL media members yesterday, over the weekend, even today on Monday. I can't get over how many people who get paid to be the guys that tell us what's going on in the NFL. I can't believe how many of these people are looking at the Tannehill signing to the Titans thinking, wow, the Titans rejected Tom Brady and decided that Tannehill was a better option than Tom Brady. I This is mind-blowing to me. The amount of people who are supposed to know what they're talking about, who are supposed to tell us what's going on in the league, who get paid the big bucks to be the experts and the analysts in this league, and tell us what's up. I am rattled as to how many people are looking at the Tannehill situation in Tennessee going, the Titans rejected Tom Brady, and they said Tannehill's their number one guy. (laughs) You don't think it could have been the other way around? Nobody is sitting there considering that maybe Tennessee's coming out to say this so they don't look foolish, so they don't look like they got beat by Tom Brady. Here's here's what happened. Let me inform you as to what happened with the Titans, Tom Brady, and Ryan Tannehill. Because there's no coincidence that Diana Rossini tweets this out. The Titans are not interested in Tom Brady. They are working hard to get a deal done with Ryan Tannehill per, per sources. And then an hour, two hours later, sources, Ryan Tannehill and the Titans have agreed to a $118 million deal. The same Ryan Tannehill that in February last month hired a new agent, right? Did I, re- did I get that? Re- he hired a new agent, right? Who? Let me, let me put it this way. Ryan Tannehill gets paid $30 million a year now. Who lost that battle? Who lost that battle? The player or the team? This is, an e- this is an easy one, guys. This is an easy one. Who lost that battle? Ryan Tannehill gets a four-year, $118 million deal. $62 million guaranteed. Average annual of $30 million a season for four seasons. Who won that deal? The player or the team? The player. Why did it, the player win that deal? Because the player had leverage. Why did the player, Ryan Tannehill, gain serious leverage? Because the Tennessee Titans were interested in Tom Brady, and then Tom Brady said, thanks, but no thanks. I'm not going to sign with Tennessee. The minute that happens, Tannehill and his agent go, (laughs) we got him now. Not only did they miss out on Tom Brady, but they disrespected us, okay? They want us to be a part of the Titans, if not for Brady. We're their second option. But we're their second option. Now, because Brady rejected them, we're their number one option. Now we got the leverage. You disrespected us, and now you owe us more money because of it. Good for Ryan Tannehill. I'm not knocking Ryan Tannehill. But this idea, who I'm knocking, are the NFL media members that are getting paid the big bucks to tell us what's going on. And what they want to tell us today, and I just see these, I see this quote, this quote, I can't believe it. Like, I just can't believe it. When Tannehill signed with the Titans, 
It started with Diana Rossini's tweet. <laughs> the Titans are not interested in Tom Brady. They're working hard to get a deal done with Ryan Tannehill. Tannehill's always been their number one guy. You heard someone else say that. Ian Rappaport, I think, tweeted that. Well, the Titans say that Tannehill's always been their number one guy. They've never had interest in Tom Brady. <laughs> what? Never had interest in Tom Brady. Tannehill's always been their number one guy. So much so that they were willing to pay him $30 million a year. Okay. I am rattled as to how many media members believe this. They're just buying into it. Because the Titans told them that. Oh, no, no, no. Tom Brady? No, no, no. We were never interested in him. Tannehill's always been our guy. Diana, can you get that out there? We're losing a negotiation right now. We're down to the wire, but they're asking for something crazy. We got to get that down. Can you put it out there that we wanted Tannehill to be our guy? Um, I am rattled as to how many people are now saying, looking at that Tannehill to the Titans signing and going, one less option for Tom Brady. Tom Brady running out of options. And Tannehill signs with Tennessee. Oh, you could take Tennessee off the table. Tom Brady wanted to go to Tennessee. He can't anymore. They signed Tannehill. They chose Tannehill over Brady. I, I am legitimately rattled as to how many smart people who cover the NFL are trying to say that today to us on social media. Are trying to say that on TV. Tell us that on the radio. Talk about it in the columns. Here's how it went down. The Titans wanted Brady. Brady said, I'm not interested in you. And the Titans had to go to plan B. Plan B knew that this team had Tom Brady as plan A. So plan B then becomes plan A, knows that, gets leverage, gets $30 million a year when he doesn't deserve it. Because he had the leverage. The Titans lose out on this deal. They do. They didn't get their guy. But their next best guy, the guy that they wanted, their fallback plan, is going to use that to his advantage. He did, and good for him. He got $30 million a year. (laughs) That's unbelievable. It really is unbelievable. Some people spin that being like, well, I think Tannehill might be, he just might be a championship caliber quarterback. (laughs) Okay. Meanwhile, they give the franchise tag, the one-year deal to Derrick Henry, the guy who actually took the team on his back in the playoffs. Derrick Henry's the guy that deserves $30 million a year for four years. Derrick Henry's the guy that deserves the four-year $118 million deal with $62 million guaranteed. Not Ryan Tannehill. It's what happens when you lose leverage, though. Why do you lose leverage? Because you lost out on the guy that you were trying to get to replace Tannehill with. And Tannehill and his new agent were loving every second of it when Tom Brady told the Titans to screw. These people that are telling you today, and there's a lot of them, that there's one less option for Tom Brady. You know why there's one less option for Tom Brady? Do you know why there's only X amount of options for Tom Brady? Because these options that you're hearing Tom Brady has are the only teams that Tom Brady is showing serious interest in. What comes first with with the Titans? What came first? The Titans having no interest in Tom Brady or Tom Brady having no interest in the Titans? You tell me. Use your brain. What came first there? You think you think the Titans 
No interest in Tom Brady. You think Tom Brady went to the Titans and said, guys, I really want to sign with you. I want to play for the Tennessee Titans. I want to be a quarterback the next three years. You think the Titans said, nah, we're going to give Ryan Tannehill $30 million a year. Oh, give me a fucking break. No way! There is a 0% chance that that's how it went down. Yet the people getting paid the big bucks to tell us how it went down are telling us that that 0% is the truth. One less option. If I have to read another headline today from somebody from the Globe or the Herald or anyone who covers the Patriots or anybody around the league who covers the NFL going, Titans signed Tannehill, one less option for Tom Brady. I am going to break my computer in half. I'm going to give my computer a Gronk spike. Okay? My phone is going to be thrown out the window. But I keep reading them. One less option for Tom Brady with with the Titans signing Tannehill. Tom Brady running out of options. <laughs> you so answer me this question. This is a yes or no question. If the Miami, let's just take a random team that's not involved, that's not considered to be a, a an option for Tom Brady. With all these limited options and all these teams that don't want Brady, let's just take a team. Miami, the Miami Dolphins. If Tom Brady went to the Miami Dolphins and said, "You know what, guys? I want to. We want to. I got a. I want to. I'm buying a house in Miami, or I got a house in Miami. Whatever it is, we want to live in Miami. I want to play for the Dolphins. I want to stick it to Belichick. Stick it to the Patriots. Stay in the division. Miami. I want to be your quarterback next year. I want a three-year deal. This, that, the other thing. You make it happen right now. I will sign on the dotted line. We'll have a press conference." On Wednesday afternoon. You mean to tell me if Tom Brady, his agent Don Yee, called the Miami Dolphins and said that, you think that the Miami Dolphins would go, eh, Tom, you're just not an option for us right now. (laughs) You think they'd say that? Then you got coronavirus. I'm concerned about your health. I'm concerned about you. Coronavirus symptoms, dry cough, fever, believing that Tom Brady is running out of options because the teams are not interested in Tom Brady. Believing that the Tennessee Titans rejected Tom Brady and not the other way around, which led to the Tannehill signing. You have coronavirus. If you believe the Titans rejected Brady before Brady rejected the Titans. Tom Brady's options are the teams he's interested in. A team is not going to be interested in Tom Brady if Tom Brady says to them, thanks, but no thanks. Here are the teams I'm interested in. But if Tom Brady called the Titans two days ago and said, hey, guys, I'm serious about signing there. Here's what I want. Let's make it happen. Do you think that the Titans would say no to that and give Ryan Tannehill $30 million a year? Figure it out. My goodness, this is ridiculous right now what I'm hearing. Now, with all these people saying one less option for Tom Brady, Tom Brady running out of options, the only options that people are now talking about is Tampa Bay and the Patriots. And in fact... 
There is one little bit of concerning piece of information that's out there right now. And that's this morning. There are new Vegas odds on where Tom Brady is going to sign. And the new favorite to sign Tom Brady today, as of this morning, on Monday morning, Stone Cold Steve Austin Day, March 16th, the new favorite to sign Tom Brady, according to Odds Shock, via Bet Online, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at minus 150, the Patriots, the second best odds at plus 110. So people say the only options are the Buccaneers. And the Patriots. But what I say to that is, and while that is concerning that the Buccaneers are now the new favorite in Vegas, I also think that there's some stuff messed up going on with with the coronavirus with regards to gambling, Vegas odds. You know, you could even bring that into the current state of the economy. Things that are going on. The world's a little crazy right now. You know? The doomsday scenario in the NFL and for Patriots fans is that Tom Brady does actually sign with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Do I think that's going to happen? No, I don't think that's going to happen. But I will. I won't lie. Like that's a somewhat concerning piece of information today. But the people who say the thing that's pissed me off about it the most is the people who look at it and go, "Wow, Brady really doesn't have any options because the Titans rejected him." You know, the 49ers say Brady's not an. Why would, and I get it, they can opt out of Garoppolo's contract. But use your brain. The 49ers are not going to opt out of Garoppolo's contract. They're not going to do that. That's a perfect sports radio conspiracy theory that that was ever going to be a possibility. I mentioned it last week because it was brought up, but I never told you I thought that was going to happen. You know the people that uh, were leaving that option open mostly because they wanted it to happen. And you know those people. You know those sports talk radio shows that are doing it. But if you're being realistic, the 49ers, and even with Kirk Cousins, Kirk Cousins signs an extension today. People are like, oh, yeah, he rules out Kirk Cousins for the 49ers. Wait a minute. 49ers get to the Super Bowl, and you mean to tell me their, you know, their new franchise quarterback, Jimmy Garoppolo, they're going to, they're going to get rid of him in order to sign Kirk Cousins? What? That doesn't make any sense. And I know you could say, well, you just said, you know, the Tennessee Titans were going to drop Tannehill to bring Brady in. I don't think Ryan Tannehill is as good as Jimmy Garoppolo. Like, I really, I really don't. Ryan Tannehill has had a much larger sample size in the National Football League. And a lot more failure than Jimmy Garoppolo. You know, if Jimmy Garoppolo had been a starter for the last five, six years, and this was, you know, then it would be a different story. But he hasn't been. He's been a backup. Now he's a starter. His first full season, he went to the Super Bowl. So, I mean, it's that's why it's different. That's why it's different. But, the idea that Brady only has two options the narrative is he only has two options because those are the only two teams interested in him. And I just think that's so ridiculous. Tom Brady makes his own options. Because the question you need to ask is, yes or no, 
if Brady and Donye called the Miami Dolphins tomorrow and said, we're seriously considering Miami, would Miami become an option for Tom Brady? Of course it would. The answer is, yes, it would. And if you're answering yes to that question, then you crush the narrative that Brady's minimal options are only based on what the teams are interested in. No, 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 no. It's based on what Brady's interested in. A team is not going to come out and say, we were interested in Brady, but he, he told us to shove it. If Brady's interested in a team, that team is going to have interest in him. Brady didn't have serious interest in the Tennessee Titans. I'm not surprised. He didn't have interest going to Nashville, going to Tennessee. And so then what happens? When the Titans find out there's no chance they sign Tom Brady, as we enter the new league year and free agency this week, what do they do? They call Diana Rossini. They call Ian Rappaport. They call all the reporters and say, hey, 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 hey. Uh, we think we're getting close with Ryan Tannehill. He was always our first option. <laughs> okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> what came first? The Titans rejecting Tom Brady or Tom Brady rejecting the Titans? I think some of you people have been drinking the fucking Purell. Don't drink the Purell. Okay? Don't drink it. Put it on your hands. Put it on your hands. Don't don't drink the Purell. If you think that the Titans rejected Brady before Brady rejected the Titans, which led to a Ryan Tannehill contract of $30 million a year, then you need to quarantine yourself. And, and, and you might have coronavirus. More people need to quarantine themselves than we originally thought. I'll, I'll give you the scoop. I'll give you the inside info. Tom Brady told the Titans there's no shot he goes there. And so the Titans had to scramble and go back to plan B. And when they went back to plan B, they had to pay Ryan Tannehill $30 million a year because they lost leverage in that negotiation by spending time trying to get his replacement. <laughs> and the Titans are like, well, we can't miss out on Tom Brady and Ryan Tannehill because we don't want to go back to Marcus Mariota. That's how it went down. Yet, you don't have a single person who gets paid the big bucks to tell you this stuff telling you that's what happened. Which leads me to believe they've been drinking the Purell and they need to be quarantined. One less option for Tom Brady. What? How do you even... How do you have this job if that's what you're thinking? Mind-blowing stuff, man. Mind-blowing stuff. Tom Brady has two options. Let me, let, me, let me change the headline. Let me change the narrative. Tom Brady has two options right now. The Patriots and the Buccaneers. Maybe he has a third. The Chargers. Maybe he has a fourth. The Raiders. If those teams tell you, though, there's no interest in Brady, that doesn't mean that... Brady doesn't have as much interest as he thought he was going to. That means Brady has told those teams he's not interested in them. That should be common sense. Yet, it's not. Which leads me to believe a lot of people, a lot more people than we originally thought, need to be quarantined. Okay? And that includes the NFL media. I... We'll be doing my best to quarantine myself 
and be cautious and wash my hands and not touch my face. Even though I know I probably touched my face on this show. If you're watching the highlights on YouTube, subscribe youtube.com slash Danny Picard to see how many times I've touched my face. If I did, I don't even know. I don't even know. <laughs> um, I will say the good thing that's come out of it is that you don't got to shake everybody's hand. I hate shaking people's hand anyways for the germ factor. I'm always washing my hands after I shake someone's hand. You shake someone's hand, they got these clammy, sweaty hands. Ah, ah, now we don't have to do that. And we don't even have to say anything about it. It can just be a public acknowledgement that nobody shakes hands. It's beautiful. Sign me up for that. Always and forever. No more handshakes. Make hellos and goodbyes great again. No hugs, no handshakes. Unbelievable. I, I love it. I don't love coronavirus, but if this one, we're trying to take some positives. Happy Stone Cold Steve Austin Day 316. Uh, we don't have to shake hands anymore. People who don't like shaking people's hands because of germs in general, like myself, this is a, this is a, it's a good thing. We're taking some positives out of this. Glass half full. Glass half full. Do I got any other positives I can take out of this? Or, uh, glass half full approaches to this? Maybe I will on Thursday. Get this show whenever you want on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Play, anywhere podcasts are available. You know, you won't get coronavirus listening to the show or subscribing to the show, but I would say maybe, you know, disinfect your phone. If you're going to listen on your phone, disinfect your computer every once in a while. If you're going to, you know, listen on your computer or watch on YouTube. But this show, for the most part, coronavirus free when it comes to being contagious. Again, every Monday and Thursday. Also, go to my website, dannypicard.com. Stay cautious. Stay safe. Wash your hands. And, uh... I'm no doctor, but go to the CDC website before you go to Twitter. That's all I'll say. Get off Twitter. Put the phone down. Go take a walk. Weather's only improving from here on out. Get some sun. Get some of those vitamins in you. Take a couple deep breaths. Don't shake hands. Wash your hands. And keep listening to the show. I am out. I'll talk to you on Thursday. See you.